0: Reveal to you. Would you rise now in body or spirit for our gospel lesson found in Matthew chapter 21, verses 28 through 32. What do you think? A man has two sons. He went to the first and said, Son, go and work in the vineyard today. He answered, I will not. But later he changed his mind and went father went to the second and said the same, and he answered, I'll go, sir, but he did not go. Which of the two did the will of his father? They said, the first. Jesus said to them, truly I tell you, the tax collectors and the prostitutes are going into the kingdom of God ahead of you. For John came to you in the way of righteousness, and you did not believe him, but the tax collectors and the prostitutes believed him. And even after you saw it, you did not change your minds and believe him. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks Thanks be to God. Amen. Please be seated.
1: Ever play dominoes? So there's a couple ways to play dominoes, if you remember. The traditional way of playing dominoes, you want to match them up, right? If, if I have a four, I want to look for the other four to match them too. Perhaps you all play that way. But I don't know about you. But I think the way that's even more fun than that can be this way here, where you get to line them up. You ever play like this? Okay, just checking. Where you get to line them up, and then after a while, what do you do? You knock them down, right? Okay. Just checking in, and I bet you're wondering why I'm asking you about this. If you do something, likely it has an effect on something you're going to do later in life. So if you make a decision when you're 10, a big decision, not just what you had for lunch, but a bigger decision. It probably has some effect down the road, almost a domino effect. It's as if one decision affects the next. Do you think this is true? You're not sure? Okay, let's say you decide what you want to study. And then you study that. And then, let's see what happens. Right? Each decision affected the other. OK, so they all kind of affected the next one. Here's my question for you. What happens if you make a bad decision. Right. Does God forgive you for it? Yes. You're right. God forgives us for it. Our past decisions are in the past and we receive forgiveness. However, there are still effects. Right. In a moment, we're going to talk about Back to the Future. I've even got a good movie clip for you. Maybe you remember the 1980s, we'll hear in a minute. <laughs> Some of you weren't even born. That's all right, <laughs> I'll show you. But God gives us incredible forgiveness and we give thanks to God for that forgiveness even though there are effects from our decisions. Let's give thanks to God for that grace as we live into the, de- the effects of our decision. Would you pray with me? Dear God, Dear God we, thank you we thank you for your grace, for your grace which, goes which goes forward and blesses us into the future.
0: And us into
1: the future. Amen. Amen. I'm hoping you guys might help me to build something even longer. I've got a lot of dominoes here. <laughs> I bet we can build it pretty far across the front of the rails. So what do you remember about the 1980s? you remember the, the big hair? Anybody have big hair in the 80s? I thought maybe somebody did, okay. Anybody have the, the, the neon colors, okay? Acid, acid washed jeans and a little spandex. Okay, don't have to confess to that. There was also a launch of a classic trilogy in 1985. Won't we'll tell you how old I was. Back to the future. This is the latest in our series in Christ in the cinema as we use the medium of movies to share the gospel message. You and I, we find ways through which we can better understand the word of God all around us. And this summer, we've been going to the movies. And today, back to the future. For all of us who need a refresher or, for the first time, a hearing about the movie, Michael J. Fox, who you might now think of for his advocacy, on Parkinson's, then played the teenager, Marty McFly. And Christopher Lloyd, who was a few years younger then, played Dr. Emmett Brown, an eccentric scientist who had just invented a time machine placed inside of a remodeled DeLorean. Remember those? Produced by Steven Spielberg, it won Academy Awards for Best Effects and Sound Editing and had lasting effects on our society in ways we could think about this. In fact, it's gotten us thinking about how every action has an effect on our future. This movie sends Marty and Doc back and forth between the future and the past and the present. Take a look. I've got a clip for you about where they start to discover their implications of these actions.
2: Cut kind of power, it can't be done, can it? God. but, all we need is a little plutonium. Oh, I'm sure that in 1985 plutonium was available in every corner drugstore, but in 1955 it's a little hard to come by. Marty, I'm sorry, but I'm afraid you're stuck here. Whoa, Doc, stuck here. I can't I can't be stuck here. I got a wife. In 1985. I got a girl. Is she pretty? Doc, she's beautiful. She's, she's crazy about me. Look, at this. Look what she wrote here, Doc. I mean, that says it all. Doc. You're my only home. Marty, I'm sorry. But the only power source capable of generating 1.21 gigawatts of electricity is a bolt of lightning. What did you say? A bolt of lightning. Unfortunately, you never know when or where it's ever gonna strike. We do now. This is it. This is the answer. It says here that a bolt of lightning is gonna strike the clock tower precisely 10.04 p.m. next Saturday night. If we could somehow harness this lightning, channel it into the flux capacitor, it just might work. Next Saturday night, we're sending you back to the future! Okay, all right, Saturday is good, Saturday is good. I can spend a week in 1955, I can hang out, you can show me around. Marty, that is completely out of the question. You must not leave this house. You must not see anybody or talk to anybody. Anything you do could have serious repercussions on future events. Do you understand? Yeah, sure, okay. Marty, have you interacted with anybody else today besides me? I'm, yeah, well, I might have sort of bumped into my parents. Great Scott, let me see that photograph again of your brother. Uh... Just as I thought. This proves my theory. Look at your brother. His head's gone. It's like it's it's been erased. Erased from
0: existence. Whoa.
1: Marty begins to grasp the reality. A little corny, I admit. (laughs) But Marty begins to grasp the reality that everything we do changes the future. While the possibility of meeting our parents from before we were born is fantastical, the premise of our past actions affecting the future is well grounded. This morning, I want to take us back to the future with the help of Paul's letter to Philippi, and Jesus' parable to Matthew that Diane read for us, and a reminder of a life lesson, L-I-F-E, life lesson. At the beginning of our second year together, this lesson is both personal, meaning it gives us personal life, as well as communal and church family life. In the beginning, L, in the acrostic life, is learn from the past, but don't live there. When Paul writes to the church at Philippi, he says, one thing I do is forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead. I press on to the goal for the prize of the heavenly call of God in Christ Jesus. When I began my call to ministry, I served as a chaplain in a continuing care facility, in a place with a memory care unit. As I spent time with our residents living in that floor, it was often like back to the future. Every single day was like Back to the Future. One resident was surrounded with images from her early married days from seven years prior, and another resident had plaques and awards from his time of service, and another had books from her time. She was at the development of the United Nations. Alzheimer's and dementia unanchored them from this present moment and sought to connect them with those moments. And neuroscience teaches us incredible things about those diagnoses. And yet this is not the back to the future that we're talking about. Others of us have preferences about how to return and retain ways of the past. The truth is the past is sometimes more comfortable. We know what to expect in the past. However, change and growth is a function of life. When you and I don't evolve, we get stuck we find ruts. We are not, if we're honest, the people when Back to the Future was released in 1985. Some of us weren't born in 1985. Some of us couldn't vote in 1985. Thanks be to God for a church that values young people. All of us have made changes in the last 36 years. We are called to be like the Apostle Paul. Paul learned a lot as a student of Gamil. He was diligent in his profession. You might remember this. He was on the fast track to being a leading rabbi or high priest when he met Jesus. On the road to Damascus and everything changed and he embraced it it certainly was frightening but necessary and led to new opportunities we learn from our past or else we repeat it einstein had something to say about this you remember this one insanity is the doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a... Oh, I thought you knew it. (laughs) Learning from the past (laughs) mistakes and letting them go. Not feeding ourselves up for previous errors in judgment because God has already forgiven us. Here's the other part. Also... Letting our past successes not be the only thing that guides our future. Not trying to recreate what's only been in the past. Learn from the past, but don't live there. What do we do to have life? I involve ourselves in serving others. If you watch the movie Back to the Future, you might remember that Marty had a role to play in why he went back to the future, to save the world, ironically, from time travel, and less ironically, from plutonium and terrorism, as they understood it at that time. Serving others and making an impact is our call and our discipleship with Jesus. Later this fall, we're going to have an opportunity to join in celebrating the life of Beryl Helgren, who recently passed away. Her life was lived as an answer to this question. How will you involve yourself in serving others? I thought about this as I was preparing this sermon, the foundational work in our soup kitchen that set a tone in answering the question, how will each one of our soup kitchen guests be addressed? As guests, welcomed. We are called to involve ourselves in serving from the soup kitchen to Family Promise, from Sunday school to Fest, helping hands to street to feet, a call to someone at home after a procedure, or a card to someone who's feeling down is at the heart of service, rides to an appointment, or a handy person in someone's home. When we involve ourselves, we make a difference. We find that others are blessed, but we find we are too. In having life, we also must F, Focus on Jesus. Three verses before Paul tells us that he's forgetting about all the previous things, he reminds the church at Philippi, I want to know Christ and the power of the resurrection. Share in the sufferings and become more like him in his death that I might also attain resurrection from the dead. Focusing on Christ is keeping our attention in Jesus in all things, pressing on even when there's something else that draws our attention away from spending time with Christ. I don't need to tell you how many things there are that draw our attention away. It doesn't matter what it is, big or small, well-meaning or malicious. When we focus on Jesus, Each one of us personally remembers we have life abundant and peace like a river, here and now, as well as then and there. I like to call the parable that Diane read for us the parable of the yes and no siblings, and it's a favorite of mine. I think we've all played a part in that production. In fact, I think we've all been all the parts in that production. See if any of these reworkings I've done sound like you. Hey friend, can you give me an hour for the mission trip? Nope, not at this time. And then surprises by showing up. Sound familiar? Hey buddy, can you uh, teach Sunday school? Sure, happy to. And then doesn't show up. Honey? Can you change the laundry? No, I'm making dinner. And then does it. Would you please bring in the trash can? Right away. And then walks off because they get distracted. Does any of that sound familiar? I'm sure I've done all three. And probably yesterday. We have said yes and not done what we promised. We've said no and then reconsidered. And we've asked for work to be done. And people have responded in all of those ways. When we focus on Jesus, we evolve from the self-focus. When the message version retells this parable, it becomes even more stark. John the Baptist came to you showing you the right wo- road and you turned your nose up at him. The crooks and the whores believed him. Mm-hmm. Incidentally, autocorrect told me that that would be offensive mm-hmm. to us Isn't that something. But when you saw their changed lives, you didn't care enough to change and believe him. Ouch. When we focus on Jesus, we're called to change. Lastly, life in Christ, we e- expect great things. Sometimes it's easy to become discouraged. We find ourselves saying, it's not going as we expected. God is not moving fast enough for my liking. I'm having to work too hard. I'd like someone else just to step in for a little while. I've done enough already. And yet, you and I, we serve a God of resurrection. We serve a God who makes a way. We serve a God who says, when you call on me, I will answer you. That which, doesn't, that which surprises you does not surprise God. For our God has a way and a will. Our God has a plan. So we are a God who believes that God who has done great things in the past will do great things in the future. So we expect them. And we prepare ourselves for them. We look around and we see renewed faith, and we see new Christians. We see new beginnings and hope for the future. We are back to the future with God. So if we're looking for life personally, if we're looking for a congregation to thrive with life, this is what we need. Learn from the past, but don't live there. Involve yourself in serving with others. Focus on Jesus and expect great things. This, my friends, is the gospel, the good news of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Thanks be to God. Amen.